what makes a broker successful, not just the shiny object, because the shiny object is not really the thing that you want. The thing that you want is more business. You're focusing on finding this magical item that yeah. you don't have no clients to do it with, but you think that magical item is going to just have them say yes. That's not that. You got to be able to sell it. You got to be able to get in front of people. So that's what's sexy to them. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show, Heads Up Advisor. Those watching on YouTube, Facebook, listening on podcasts, happy, are we? No, we're not in February yet. January here. P-E-P-Y. Why is it important when prospecting and selling? Shout out to my buddy, Tom Emmerich, one of the smartest guys in healthcare, ex-consultant at Walmart. Craig, you know. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Craig. Yeah. Awesome fishing pond out there in Arkansas. Tom, if you're tuning in, we need you back on the show. He said technology isn't a big thing for him. We'll have him call in, get him in through Bluetooth, put his picture, fancy picture up. But uh, Tom talked to me about this a while ago, and he said, look, the biggest thing it, you got to look at in certain companies is per employee per year, profit, margin, Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> that means how much money do they make per employee? If you make $100 million and you got 1,000 employees, what's the profit What's the uh, profit margin if it's $100 million, correct? $100 million and you had 1,000 employees? Yeah. A shit ton of money. Yeah. So that's not ideal, right? That's not what you see out there. That's not a prospect. That's Not like Microsoft. Profit. Microsoft just announced 100 I think it was 167 billion in profit for the quarter. <laughs> they don't care about saving money on healthcare. Facebook $411,000 per employee per year profit. So, yeah. what's the point of the story today, guys? Understand the industry you're working with. Understand your prospect because you're coming in again and you're talking about I don't understand, John. Why I, don't, I was going to save him $300,000. Why did that why, not work? Why didn't they go? We're going to talk about it in a minute. Let's say what's up to the guys in the crowd here. If you're tuning in on YouTube, type hello below. We'll say what's up to you. Facebook, go ahead and chat below. So why is it important? Well, we sell around pain. We push on pain. And if you're going in with a shtick, of talking about how much money you can save them on healthcare when they have a per employee per year profit margin of $400,000. Well, geez, if you, I could save you 20% on healthcare, that's 2000 per employee per year. Why do I give a shit about that? Craig, why don't you tell them a story about long time ago when you oh, yeah. tried to pitch a group on yeah, down in Houston, money. Houston, talking to an oil man, talking to the CFO. He says, son, I don't lose sleep over $25 million problems. That's budget dust, you know, or hey, you and I, you and I had a conference call with an organization that had uh, uh, robot surgical devices. They do billions in revenue. They didn't care about saving money. They just wanted to be competitive so they could recruit in Silicon Valley. So everybody's got their own story. Wouldn't it be nice if you found out what your prospects was? Show sponsor, Virtue Alliance, Virtue Health. Check us out at virtualliance.com. Fourth year in the virtual 
Virtue Consortium. Check us out. Give us a buzz. Book a demo. Talk to you soon. What's up, guys in the crowd? Kevin. Hey, spoke to Kevin today. Phil Schmaltz just picked up a group. Paul Carroll. Got your, just got your email. I will. We will get back to you. Yeah, so Tom goes, look, here's the reality is those that don't know, Tom, ex-consultant, Burger King, British Petroleum, Walmart, largest employer in the world. And he said, look, Walmart had a big problem. They had a per employee per year profit margin of $6,500, I believe. And what he said was, is look, if, if we weren't able to control the health care costs, they wouldn't be in business. Okay. Because think about this. If your health care, if you're paying 10000 per employee per year and your health care goes up 10%, what effect does that have on your profit margins? Well, when you look at an industry like Walmart, employees don't make a lot of money. Employees are making minimum wage. Right. They can't take on the increase. Okay? So who has to foot it? The employer. So you're talking about 15 20% of revenue uh, gross profit. Off the top, if it goes up $1,000. So it was indicative that they implemented strategies, which Virtue was built behind, managing high-cost claimants. They had to build strategies to lower the healthcare costs if they go out of business. So he told me companies like Sears, who remembers Sears? Anybody? I remember it. That was yeah. like the gold standard when I was young. Me and my grandmother, we're going to go to Sears and we're going to go to Sony TV, right? Gold standard. Companies like this. Never thought they were going to go out of business. You're seeing the drop-off in retail. Well, retail, what you don't know is, maybe don't know, you would think the high price items that they sell. Well, not the actual, maybe manufacturer sometimes of products, but Century 21, Kmart, G-Star, Roots, Lord & Taylor's, Macy, all these, JCPenney, all these companies are now filing for bankruptcy. Okay, and Tom believes, these are companies that he called on in the past, that are going out of business because they couldn't control their health care cost. They didn't think there was a way to do it. When you're per employee for your profit margin is so low, it's a huge expense. So, which leads me to industry specific. So when we're prospecting, but the important part about this is prospecting. So think about your prospects and do a little research. If you're calling on a prospect and they're simple, you guys can go online. Look, I'm going to go right now. I'm going to do this while we're on the phone. Are on the call here, Walmart, sixty-seven ninety-four per employee per year profit margin. Nordstrom, sixty-six hundred. Macy's, forty-five hundred. Kroger, thirty-eight hundred. Do you see how much healthcare could affect these organizations as it increases? It's life or death for some of these people. So, so let's not lose this. What, what about the opportunity to go? Do you know the financial impact of the last three years? Healthcare budget increases on the profit per employee per year at your company. Number one. Number two, do you have any strategies in place? Or are you even aware of strategies that will allow you to claw back those lost profits? Now, I would venture to say, John, you'd sound different than dang near anybody that walks in that door talking about healthcare. I talk about it, Craig spins it and makes it sound well. That's how, that's how it's done. Yeah, I mean, the whole point is if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So don't sound like your competitors. That's the whole point, right? I mean, you figure out how to have a different message, different spin, different angle, different lens, different insight 
and the people are going to hear you and see you differently. And if you've done your work behind the scenes and you've got a position of authority where they don't even question who you are, even though you're not a big national firm, then you make it that much easier for them to overcome their institutionalized skepticism because they never heard of you. They never heard of your firm. But if you ask Google, you find out that you're the real deal. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to be needy. You don't have to sound salesy. You just have to sound different and smarter so you can give them more confidence that making a decision to fire the safe choice would be in their best interest. That's all the game is. So, get, so give me a couple questions again. Guys, get out your notepads. I mean, simple. Those last two that I gave you, right? So do you have any idea what the last three years rate increases were? What, what was the impact on your per employee per year profit? By the way, do you know what your per employee per year profit is? And then that's a whole nother conversation. Like, well, Based on your industry, it's this. Or would you say you're, in, you know, some people may not are say. Are you above this. average, below average? You, Where you know, would you? I've done some research. Per employee per year profit is $10,000. Are you above average, below that? Yeah. Now you have an idea, an indication of where they are. If they say, oh, no, we're way more profitable yeah. than that, then maybe it's not a big thing. Maybe it's not that of importance. But if you're walking into a group and... I'll just pull it up in the tech sector, which probably most of you aren't dealing with, but just research the industry. You know, I'm looking at industrials here. Okay. Here's some other ones. Let me pull them up. Give me a second here. Give me a second. Yeah. So, you know, think about it this way. So you, you asked that question as an entree to start and stimulate a conversation. And so you're talking to the owner, you're talking to the controller, you're talking to the CFO and you go, Hey, then depending on what they say, you're just having a conversation with them about, finance and its relationship, the profit margin, profits of the company, enterprise value of the company based on the profits, and its relationship with the healthcare budget and the inability to control that budget. If it's HR, it's, gee, do you ever feel like the employees would love it if, if you could not shift costs to them and they'd be able to keep their pay increases every year instead of the, like, what I give with this hand, I take back with the other, you know, it's, we got to increase our premium contributions because we, you know, we had these unexpected claims and everybody's getting a 3.3% rate pay increase, but that's less than the premium contribution increase. And wouldn't it be great if you could just avoid that and eliminate the trend increases? Cause you know, we've done such a great job. We're always below the peer benchmarks and the, you know, that story. And you come in and you go, look, your employees would be able to keep their, their pay raises. And would that give you a competitive advantage? You know, in a post COVID world, a lot of companies had to do furloughs, they had to do terminations. You're going to be doing rehires this year in 2021. Can you imagine how competitive the marketplace is going to be when you got all these employers wanting to rehire people? If you just have the minimum must have employee benefits and retirement plans, what's going to be the differentiator? Probably what most companies do. Well, we'll just throw money at them and pay a higher wage. That's the most expensive money a company has. It's far cheaper to give them a lower wage and better benefits. I mean, that's because a good point you made just there is, is I can't tell you, I haven't done a lot. Depends on the prospect. But there's times that I come back in with a richer plan. See, most of you think of, think of this. You come in there, how do I save money? And you think it's all bottom line, yeah. save money. Do you realize sometimes you're presenting to people that have conditions, they're executives, and they're, reminds me of the guy, hey, the benefits are important to them. So they think about what themselves. Well, what if you can come in and increase the benefit policy for them and go, look, I can give you the same or a little, little bit more money potentially, but 
look at the dramatic increase in benefits. Hence the family monthly deductible. If you don't know about it, you better ask somebody. But if we can increase your benefit, and I've won cases that way because the HR person I schmoozed up had major medical conditions. I said, look, that probably kills you, right? So I went out and I just shopped a rich plan that was priced well, came back with it. Boom, done deal. She picked it because she was thinking about herself. So just just <laughs> We have so many way. tools. I actually, I, for, I, I forgot about the family month made deck. Jesus. So do I. Six months since we talked about Some it. Some of you guys, structure Jesus. and health plans, you need to, you know, when you're going to structure self-funded health plan, what you have to realize, stop doing multiple options and all this stuff. You do that in the fully insured world because, you know, here's your grid. Here's what the rate is. To get the delta in premium I want, I need to dramatically lower benefits. So I got to have three plans. When you go self-funded, that's not really how you should structure it. So you need to think outside the box when you convert it over and get a better plan design. Right. Right. It's like a high deductible with an HRA. Well, the maximum cost there, it's in the aggregate, but we know not everybody's going to use it. But the people that use it, they have richer benefits. So you can spin it that way. You've put in the family monthly deductible. It's been around 50 years you've never heard of it unless you heard us talk about it very likely is would you say it's safe to say that you probably don't need the uh, high deductible self-funded hra layer if you just use the family monthly deductible well i think anybody who puts an hra on a self-funded health plan is an idiot excuse my language now some people do it i see it but on a traditional tpa plan now that I don't know how that makes sense. You're self-funding a self-funded health plan. Some people try to do it with the Green Tree Company because, again, here's your plan design, here's your rate. Okay? And then they think how smart it, put an HRA, so on and so forth. Not a real self-funded health plan. But let's go back to the topic of salary and benefits. So think about this. Why is an employer stressed when they have a low per-employee-per-year profit margin? And when you look at these industries— Blue collar. So most self-funded clients of mine, they're blue collar clients. What is the common trait of them? Why are they, why do they, when I did some research, why are most of them blue collar? Well, here's the reality is, is typically lower per employee per year profit margin, tighter margins they're functioning on, Mm -hmm. which means lower salaries. So you can't have both. You can't have, unless you're Apple, higher paid salaries, high benefits. So it's usually one or the other or a mix. And When you're an employer that pays $12 an hour, $15 an hour, well, guess what? Your employees are broke. So when your premium goes up every year, you can't shift cost. The employer has to take on the cost in order to keep the benefits. So when you can save them a lot of money, they're more interested in self-funding because it's a direct impact to them. Because some employers are like, well, 50%, we only pay 50%, who cares? Right. It's, it's yeah, only really cost half, of doing business. Yeah. yeah. Half of the savings you're talking about. It's not worth the hassle. But when you're talking about somebody that plays today, so came up at the top today, was on a conversation with a client. They pay 100%. I disagree with them. I said, I don't th- I said, you could put 5% in, 20 bucks a month. Let them pay $20 a month just to, just to have something in the game and have an idea and realization of how expensive benefits are, what you're doing. And you know, again, that's why some of their employees stay there and they look elsewhere and go, well, maybe, maybe that higher salary isn't so great because they're paying all my benefits here. 
you know? So it's a way for these industries to retain their talent, even though they're paying low wages. But the point of it is, is there's a lot of pressure and stress on those blue collar industries. And those are the ones I think you got to go after. Yeah. It's low hanging fruit because you already know they have a financial problem. God, you know, you said something, I don't want to skip over it. Don't miss out on the opportunity to ask the simple question. Hey, so when you do an employee contribution, open enrollment sheet, do you, do you show like employer contribution and then employee or do you, do you hide it from them and you only show them what the employee contribution is? Have you considered the missed opportunity by not explaining to them, number one, how much the company pays versus how much the employee's portion is? The survey data that is incredible on what employees who are looking at COBRA rates are thinking how much they thought they were paying as a percentage of the premium versus what the real premium was. And they get the Cobra notice and they freak out and they're like, there's no effing way Holy that shit. the cost was this much. So number one, did you miss out on the opportunity to tell them now the premium contribution of the employer? Number two, this is the big one. Do you tell your employees that the $10,000 that the company contributes on behalf of their themselves or their family, that it's income tax free to them? It's worth $16,000 of wages to net 10000 of tax-free perk. Because if you're not, you're putting a huge amount of pressure on the wages you have to pay your employees because they don't know the value of the benefits. It's a good opportunity to have a conversation. going to tell you, anybody want to guess, highest per employee per year profit? Fannie Mae, $1.8 million per employee per year profit margin. Freddie Mac, number three. One million. Our tax dollars at work. Visa, six hundred thousand. Oh, gold mine. Facebook, number seventeen, four hundred eleven. Apple, four hundred thousand per employee per year profit. Understand this. Make sure you have this conversation with your employers. You know, they talk about, okay, well, what are the big companies doing? Right? We're gonna buy benefits like big firms. Well, you don't ever want to compare yourself to in Apple or Silicon Valley. There's a TPA. I'm not going to mention the name, but their whole shtick is, is we're going to sell to the tech market and we're going to make the administrative burden easier. We're not, our focus is not lowering healthcare costs. These companies don't give a shit about lowering healthcare costs. They want it easier. They want things nicer for their employees. They want a tech savvy. They're playing to that world. So pick something up from them at, and play to that world. But yeah, I mean, the, these companies, they, they have more. Yeah. What was that company that we did? It was uh, it was in Silicon Valley. Yeah. The surgical. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I don't think I don't think you understand, John. We're, we're not looking to save money on health care. <laughs> but no, what we're trying to do is I'm trying to find budget to build out a child care center and and things to keep our employees from never leaving the building. Frozen embryo benefits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't ever want our employees to leave so they can continue building the product so we can sell. That was her whole goal. So yeah. just maybe it's a question you want to ask them. What's the purpose? Remember, what's my favorite question? What's the purpose of healthcare at your organization? Yeah. And you'll get different answers depending on who you ask, as you know. For sure. Yeah, it's all about engaging them in a conversation where, thank God, you're not talking about health insurance products, features, and benefits. Yeah, it's because, you know, you have to be of value to them, to their career, to their employees, et cetera. Reminds me of recently doing some demos with advisors. Well, they call the find up about the product, and I tell them about the flywheel, okay? Generating opportunities, having the program, the products, and then sales training and putting that all together and the hunters club and 
bringing it all together to what makes a broker successful, not just the shiny object, because the shiny object is not really the thing that you want. The thing that you want is more business, right? You're calling to find out about all these solutions and shiny objects you talked about. It's like, oh, yeah, you talk to this one, you talk to that one, yet you don't have any business in that market. So you're focusing on finding this magical item, right? But yeah. you don't have no clients to do it with, but you think that magical item is going to just have them say yes. Magic I'm going to show them the iPhone. I'm going to, I found this iPhone and, and you're going to buy it. No, they don't. It, that's not that. You got to be able to sell it. You got to be able to get in front of people. So that's what's sexy to them. Your shiny object feature benefit of the benefit plan that you're selling to the prospect. In reality, they don't care about exactly the product. They care about what do you get? What is the benefit of the benefit? Yeah, the proof of that is, look, you guys, you know for a fact, when you have a United insured product, what do 90% of you do? If you're going to do a level funded or an ASO or, you know, self-insured, you go to UMR because it's easy. It's the same network. If it's that now, you go to Maritain, you know, Cigna. I mean, the story goes on and on and on. And so what John's saying is it, it's not about the shiny object. That's just an effect. It's not the cause of them moving. Insurance has to be sold. And what we're all about is trying to help you shorten the learning curve on how to sell it, how to market it. Because the shiny object feature and benefit, that's the, that's the easy part. That's actually the dumb part of it all. The industry kills itself to commoditize it. Food and beverage industry getting killed right now, obviously. Let's take a look at some Tyson Foods. Ring a bell? Yeah. $14,000 per employee per year. Website I am looking at is, let's see, let's put it in the chat below so you guys can go and look at it. Cool little site here. I'm going to put it in the chat below. If you're listening on a podcast, you're going to have to come into a private Facebook group to see it. But you can just look on the industry. You look, look up companies and it tells you right here, hey, what are the profit margins in these industries? I'm sure you can easily look it up based on the prospect that you're looking at and, and just spark some different conversations, spark some different questions. A couple of advisors I talked to lately is just, I want to sound different. I sound like the same thing as everybody else. Yeah. Well, again, you could say the same thing as everybody else, just say it in a different way. Yeah. That's what people count on. They're generally looking at for opportunities where, you know, the incumbent has hopefully fallen asleep at the wheel and either not talk to them about certain new things, not talk to them about certain exposures, some agencies like to use the fear model. It's like, you know, and they go right after, Hey, you know, can we see your communication? Can we see your SPDs, your SMMs, your 5,500s, your cafeteria plan document, you know, and they look for all these, you know, gotchas like, Oh, you should be afraid. You should be really afraid. You know, you could, you could be subject to all these millions and millions of dollars of fines. And, you know, there's just a, a lot of different ways to skin the cat. This is going to be a great year for prospecting if you choose to prospect. And if you don't, well, then, you know, you're going to do what my shirt says, right? You're going to live in this magical land where it'll all get done tomorrow. But the people who are going to be eating your lunch are going to be the people who take action today. They don't make excuses. They go and they get her done. Those that have this, go ahead and take another look. State the agenda, take the lead. Here's our line. Remember, it's not about your transportation. It's about their destination. Oh, Nobody boom, wants to know boom, how to boom. make a watch. Just tell me the time, baby. Yeah. What else we got? I think we're going to keep it a short one today. 
You guys got questions, put them in the chat. Not a ton to talk about today. Update status on the market. We're going to be having a webinar, I believe, February uh, 10th, 12th, somewhere in there. You'll you'll get some stuff out. We're going to be talking a little bit about Biden care. We're going to have the late, great. No, it's not late. Robin Jacobson from Intrust. The latest and greatest. The latest and greatest. There it is. Robin. On Biden care, the updates, how it affects you, how it affects your clients, what to look out for, what to be prepared for. I'm going to try to keep it cooler than compliancy, but you know, it is, it is what it is, but uh, we're going to educate you, get your employers on those that are in the virtue Alliance. We're going to have one for the employers to educate them on your behalf. And um, it's a fluid market, right? I mean, uh, well, we got world record executive orders coming out every damn day. So, you know, this thing is fluid, it's changing. So by the time, you know, another two weeks from now, they might shed a little more light on what's happening. Because as you can imagine, healthcare is a hot topic and there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of people, a lot of stakeholders in that. So, hey, as they uh, negotiate, it's just another thing to have an opportunity to educate a prospect on or to build a moat around your best clients to keep out the riffraff. Don't let them sneak in the back door with a Trojan horse solution. So be ready. This is going to be a big year. Lynn Lewis says, any comments on the ACA SEP start, especially over a period starting 250 on employer off for employers that offer HRA plan to lower care? I don't know. I wasn't even really aware of it, to be honest. Probably will cover it on there if it's in the, the Biden care stuff, but I have to look into it. Don't don't know much about it. That's it, man. Children should be seen and not heard. Apparently, we got a lot of children on the show today. Right. This is designed to be interactive. You must have some questions. Thank you for the last question, whoever that was. Uh, which is sometimes to keep it short and sweet per employee per year profit. I mean, look, that's a way to differentiate what you're talking, something new to talk about, yeah. something that's consequential to the industry, the business. Look them up. I gave you the link. Know your per employee per year profit margin by your prospects, your target. I mean, you could you can even what I used to do when I used to prospect and build lists in retail is I would I'd pull a huge freaking list and I would just pull out certain industries, car dealerships, attorneys, lawyers hospital systems, all that shit I would pull out. So you could specifically target the industries you know and just be that guy, not just a niche market, but just in that industry because you know, hey, the hit rate's going to be better because there's more pain in these industry, right? Yeah. And the bull rush is over, guys. Let's be honest. The bull rush for employers is, is over right now. And there's uncertainty. We don't know where it's going. Talking to advisor today, yeah. what should I be talking about? I'm like, look, just call them up and say, I want to tell you about Biden Care, how it's going to affect your business somebody's going to say yes, and I want to talk to you about it. Do you know about the new body care regulations and what's happening, what's coming out, and what could happen? Look, it doesn't matter what you say to get the meeting. Just get the meeting. That being said, thanks for joining us. Heads up, advisor. We will see you next week, same place, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Happy hunting. Happy hunting.